There's a reason why I edit out those purring sounds. It's because it's inappropriate. <laughs> it makes it sound um, like you're purring at me. Yeah. Oui, c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. Welcome back to Fat French and Fabulous. We are ending our hiatus with a very fun episode. I'm Jessica, by the way. And I'm Janelle, and I caused the hiatus, so... <laughs> Burn <direct>. the witch! <laughs> direct all hate mail to me. Throw me or in better the yet, direct it to Teachers College at Columbia. <laughs> you just put up the general Columbia University on the social medias, so... <laughs> it was easier to find, and I just needed it for the gag. And, like... <laughs> None of our fans are, like, okay. Like, we have a lot of... I love you guys, but we have a lot of fans You're that are great. just... I'm gonna go with deeply not okay. And I'm concerned that, like, several of them may have actually mailed hate mail to my school. <laughs> it's entirely possible. I don't know most of you, but I'm under the impression that because... Just the fact that you like us... <laughs> Just the fact that you enjoy listening to us and choose to do so on a semi-weekly basis is a suspect reflection on your character. If you voluntarily put this show in your ear holes, you're not okay. You're not fine. There's no, and I'm fine with that. profoundly wrong with you. Deeply. You are deeply, deeply hurt. And you're, damaged. Uh, you're welcome here. This is a place, this is a safe space for us. Oh, we're encouraging this now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. I mean, I've enabled you all these weeks. So many weeks. Uh, speaking of disturbing, disturbing content, today's topic... And speaking of me enabling you, because mm, I gave you, you this topic. You, you suggested it. I, I had considered <laughs> it previous, but the fact that you suggested it gave me full go-ahead to just dig in. Oh, so good. I've been spending most of my lovely vacation just immersing myself in the horror that was the Radium Girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's a Janelle-ish topic presented by Jessica. Uh, it's like a chocolate vanilla swirl, except uh, if the flavors were battery acid and nihilism. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Radium is an alkaline earth metal, atomic number 88, first discovered by physics power couple Mary and Pierre Curie in 18. 98. Hashtag relationship goals. Oh, yes. They're just, they're so bay. Is that, am I using that word right? Who knows? No, Who cares? Not not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> that's they're all lit. That I want. Oh, no. That's worse. Yeet. That's, oh, my God. It's like we're just going further and further out to sea. Just that tide is sweeping us away. I keep swimming when I can no longer see the shore. It's just a current of black culture you don't understand. That's that's what I'm going to put on my Tinder profile from now on. Just seeking a man who will discover a toxic radioactive substance with me and then slowly die. <laughs> I mean, he didn't slowly die. Uh, did he get out of dying? Oh, yeah. He, he did not get out of dying. No, Pierre Curie is not, in fact, immortal. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I assume that he's not <laughs> the forever uh, scientist. We don't just have him in a vault somewhere <laughs> so we can study his genes. I mean, he's not like his notebooks. We have, aren't keeping him in lead. Uh, 
Radium was initially an initially promising discovery, as it was far more stable than polonium, naturally occurring polonium-210 having a half-life of only 138 days, unlike radium-226, which has a half-life of 1,600 years, roughly the time between the Great Fire of Rome and the introduction of the Pop-Tart. <laughs> or in other words, polonium decays in the amount of time it takes me to answer a text message, mm-hmm. and radium decays in the amount of time it takes me to, to answer an email. <laughs> roughly. Just roughly. Just for context. Just Don't for context. Email me. I, you will never hear back from me. I hate you. Good luck. My inbox is just a scream. <laughs> it, is, it is a mass grave where emails go to die. Incidentally, we do actually have an email for this podcast. We've just never told it to you. <laughs> because I won't check it. There's no point. Janelle won't check it, and I don't remember what it is. <laughs> if you are thinking of sending me an email, you should just scream your message into a mason jar. It's tap exactly it, and as effective. throw it into the sea. That is just as effective. If you want to know what I'm up to and be in constant communication with me, you have to catch me and have me microchipped. <laughs> just... <laughs> Trank and tag. Yeah, like I'm a fucking endangered wolf in Yellowstone Park. You just gotta <laughs> bag and tag. Mm. Naturally occurring, occurring uranium is far more stable than both radium and polonium, with a half-life on a timescale that far outstrips something so petty as human civilization. Pfft. But it is far less radioactive than either, at only one three thousandth the strength of radium. Radium was particularly notable for its potential medical applications, namely the treatment of cancer. Within two years of its discovery, radium salts were used to drastically shrink cancerous tumors, a breakthrough in what was considered an untreatable disease. I just want to know who the first person to, like, think of this was. They're like, all right, (laughs) we have this glowy stuff that makes your teeth fall out if you spend too much time with it. Uh, let's rub it on some cancer. And we'll yeah, see what that I, I, I didn't look up exactly how they came to the conclusion that they should do this, but presumably it has to do with the fact that when when radiation is applied to cells, it stops them from reproducing at the same rate. And at this time, they knew that cancer was essentially out of control cell growth. So presumably it was some idea that the mixture of the two might help. I mean, we're going to give them credit, but it could just as easily have been like, I don't know, we've tried garlic and... We have one thing, we have another thing. Let's rub the first thing against the second. That's more or less how we discovered the x-ray. Yeah, like, it's exactly the same logic as the average, like, adventure video game. I have a whole bunch of strange objects. I have some things that I could apply them to. Let's go through my inventory and figure this out. That is how I play adventure games. I just pair everything to everything because people who make game designs are insane. They don't make sense. How am I supposed to know that I need to use the toaster here? Like, yeah, no like, insane person is like, I need to combine light bulb and toaster and that will make the ghost die. Like, no. You'd be insane if you went on video game logic in real life. You just you just run around offering everything you own to everybody to see if it makes what you want happen. That The apparent drastic success of early cancer trials excited doctors, who saw it as a way of finally overcoming a group of deadly diseases once outside their power. The euphoria quickly caught on with the general public, who saw radium and its health benefits as almost miraculous. We have never really been good at anything as a species no we're really bad at like finding a new thing and then becoming obsessed with that thing just immediately applying it to everything without testing it first 
if, if we, specifically we, white we people, like that specifically it's white, people. white people when white people find something overwhelmingly that has a small, white people yeah, oh yeah if it's got if it's got even the tiniest health benefit you we just want to rub it on and in our bodies yeah just the existence of kale just kale Nobody oh, yeah. likes kale. Nobody enjoys eating kale. Kale tastes like what I assume the netting under skirts tastes like. You know that, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That crinoline. Those, it tastes like yeah, crinoline. Yeah, like it tastes like crinoline fields. Like, literally, prior to the kale health craze, pizza places used to use it as decoration at salad bars. You weren't supposed to eat it. <laughs> no, you're... Like, God knows we'll be eating ten years from now. Just... Oh, heaven forbid. We keep going, finding countries on the map that are less fat than us, and instead of being like, man, those people live on the side of a mountain and walk 14 miles a day no. on a thousand calories, we're just like, that it's, all, it's the yak butter. That's it the has secret. to be the yak butter. You just got What else could it possibly be? What could it be? All those like <laughs> villagers down in the Amazon, it's because they're eating acai berries and quinoa. That's, yeah. uh, that's the ticket. Clearly. It's not... Hugging a hard scrabble frog of poison leader. is just what makes you thin. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it, it can't possibly be the back-breaking constant manual labor or the fact that they can't find no. Any food. No, no, it's not <laughs> our soft not. <laughs> diet of cheeseburgers and escalators that's making us <laughs> fat. Not a chance. Incidentally, while Pierre Curie died in a horrific tra- traffic accident involving a horse-drawn cart at the age of 46... Can you die in horse-drawn cart collisions? Uh, yeah. I would describe what happened, but it struck me as one of those things that I say, and then you sound horrified. That's pretty much everything that comes out of your mouth. Yeah, so, I guess. He, um, he was sort of absentmindedly walking down the street, and it was raining. He slipped, and his head fell under a cart, and it crushed his skull. <laughs> Oh, nope, you were right. That's <laughs> nope, 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 nope. That struck me as a no. That struck it's, me as one of those things that stays inside my head. That's the kind of, well, I mean, at least your head's, something staying inside your head can't say the same for him. But it's one of those deaths that if it happened in a movie, I'd be like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't buy that. Nobody's no. going to slip and be like, oh, whoop, my head's going under a cartwheel. But Whoops. <laughs> Apparent, apparently, no, I stand and literally, his friends and families attributed it, it, it to be him being absent-minded. Oh, literally, got where I put my brain. Whoops, <laughs> put it under a horse. You know, I hate it. When I'm, I'm just so forgetful. Next thing you know, I'm gonna lose my own head. <laughs> just I under a cart. <laughs> I mean, it was that or dissolve over a course yeah. of years. Yeah. So. so Mary Curie died of aplastic anemia. A rare disease where damage to the hematopoietic stem cells in bone marrow prevents them from creating mature red blood cells. White blood cells. You need to feel bad mispronouncing. You you can pronounce that any way you want. (laughs) I looked it up and I listened to the video repeatedly. I'm gonna hard. You you can get off the hook for that one. I'm not gonna hold that one against you. (laughs) Hematopoietic. You will never use that word again. And This results in both a weakened immune system and an insufficient number of red blood cells to carry oxygen around the body. Plastic anemia has many known causes, including inherited factor, immune disease, and exposure to radiation. I was going to say, probably slathering your body in radium every day for 20 years until they give you a Nobel Prize 
two Nobel Prizes. Uh, mm. Probably up there. Yeah, like, the Curies intentionally gave themselves radiation burns. Oh, uh, just to see what would happen. Yeah, just to see what would happen. Mary Curie literally ca- carried vials of this stuff in the pockets of her skirt. Oh, which, sure she my breathed. immediate reaction to this was, her skirts had pockets? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> like, in the... 18, the literal 1800s. The literal 1800s. Her skirts had pockets. Of course they did. Pockets they full of out, radium. But they had to pockets. figure out how to sell women purses back then. Rude. Today she would have a purse full of radium. It's kind of like that salt and ice challenge where people, kids on YouTube for a while, were putting salt and ice on their arms to give themselves burns, which will horrifically burn you, by the way. Will it? Um, That's fascinating. Yeah, the something about the salt changes the properties of the ice, and the ice gets much colder when you expose it to salt. Mm. Uh, but it can literally require skin grafts. Like, it's not good. Don't, don't, this don't is do not that. endorsement. This is not no. fun, happy time instructions. Nope. Nothing on this podcast should be Cinnamon challenge? Also bad. Anyway. Tide pods? Probably, don't do it. We should probably have retained a lawyer, like, nine episodes ago. <laughs> but, uh, We're friends with lawyers. That's almost the same thing. I don't think they would stake their careers on us. <laughs> probably not. They? But, And uh, they shouldn't. I want better for them. I do, I do too. Please stop being our friends. Um, yeah, it's like when kids intentionally burn themselves on YouTube, except instead of, like, brief fleeting internet recognition and then a horrified shout-out on CNN, you get Nobel Prizes. Yay! And, and then you die. Mm. <laughs> then you, you do die. die. Yeah, to be clear, you should not keep radioactive materials in and around your body. Absolutely not. I don't know if I've told the story on this podcast, but there was a student at Columbia who, uh, made a name for himself here. The Columbia University is where the Manhattan Project took place. Mm. It took me... A really long time after moving here to figure that out. I was like, oh shit, the Manhattan Project took place in Manhattan. This Manhattan, the one that I live on. (laughs) Can't see that. Really? Yeah, it took me a long time. I was like, oh, that's what they named it after. Because somebody somebody mentioned uh, it. They were like, oh, I you thought know, they like, were being metaphorical. <laughs> they were like, the Manhattan Project is still under the school. And I was like, what do you mean? Like the, the atomic bomb Manhattan Project? Why would that be there? They're like, well, it is Manhattan. I was like, oh. Dawning light. I get there eventually. At some point, you do catch up. Yeah, uh, a Canadian student, actually. Um, He's Canadian now. I don't know if he was Canadian to start with. <laughs> he but, had to uh, be Canadian now. <laughs> uh, Ken... Hechtman, he was a Columbia student in the in the mid eighties, and he figured out that um, they never cleaned out the Manhattan Project after oh. they were done dropping bombs on Japan, and they were like, "That's that was that was not good." Whoops! Uh, they they just, <laughs> sort of bad. Boarded, yeah, they just boarded up. Uh, they never cleaned out the Manhattan Project. Nobody nobody really knew how. They just kind of they didn't they didn't want anybody to know who'd been involved. They didn't want any anybody to know what had gone on. So they just kind of nailed it shut and left it there. For 40 years. Never mind that. You know, slowly stride away in a faux casual manner. We will just leave an actual atomic bomb laboratory underneath a university. No biggie. No biggie. So in the 1980s, this kid figured out, like, hey, I bet, uh, I bet all that shit is still down there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Correct. He broke in. it, It absolutely was. He found it underneath Pupin Hall, which is a building here on campus. And uh, he stole weapons-grade uranium from underneath Columbia University, where they had been storing it since the 40s. He stole uranium-238 from beneath the university and kept it in his dorm room. Oh, boy. 
Yeah, when they expelled him, he had irradiated his dorm room. They had to strip it. <laughs> Dick move. I mean, it was bad enough when you microwave fish. Oh, that's that's bad. Keeping weapons-grade uranium in, in yeah. your dorm room is just a it dick is move. One thing to leave your gym socks in the communal dining room. This is of another order. And again, they had to deradiate whatever the fuck it is that they do, the dorm room, after keeping uranium in there, which again <laughs> is significantly weaker than radium. Significantly. And for a long time, people's response to radium was just rub it on your body. To this day. The Curie's belongings require specialized equipment to handle safely. And all those who wish to do so are required to sign a waiver. <laughs> Their notebooks are so radioactive, they are kept in boxes lined with lead. It's kind of like how there's a lifetime limit to how many times you can go to Chernobyl. Yeah, they will likely continue to be dangerously radioactive until the le at least the mid-36th century, over 1,500 years from now. I think the paper will degrade before the uranium does. And again, you aren't allowed to go into the room unprotected with these things. No. You have to be behind lead, you have to sign a waiver, there's health risks, to visiting them behind leaded glass. Yeah. She fucking wrote in the things every day. She Absolutely. touched that shit with her bare hands. She probably fell asleep with her face in the pages. She was just yeah. lapping up that. She and again, used to you put can't, yeah, radium you can't pills on her bedside table. Yeah, she slept near this shit. You aren't even allowed to be unprotected from it. Yeah, like, you have to sign a waiver just to be in the same room, and even with all the protection they give you, it's still not good for you. There are notable risks. The Curies worked with radio radioactive isotopes openly, with none of the safety precautions that are now standard practice in nuclear physics. There is a quote from Mary Curie's autobiography where she describes looking into the workshop she and her husband shared at night and how the luminous silhouettes of the bottles on the shelves looked like fairy lights. If it glows, you shouldn't touch it with your hands or your face. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's kind of like how all of our parents, if, you know, you're in our rough millennial, you know, ruiner of everything generation, our mm. baby boomer parents were allowed to just kind of play with Mercury in high school, just get their hands all right. Oh, yeah. It. Like, it was considered, like, a fun thing for high schools and elementary students to do, like, to, like, put a little bit of Mercury on, the, on their palm and see how it moved. Just kind of play with it, whereas when... That will give uh, you mad hatters. <laughs> when, yeah, when we were in high school, like, we weren't even allowed to look at thermometers with mercury in them. We just had to pretend. We got to look at pictures. <laughs> you, We got paper thermometers, and we just had to make believe with the power of our imagination. Yeah, they wouldn't let, they wouldn't even let us be in the same room as mercury. They're like, no, no, mm -mm. no, no. No, 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 no. No, like, nowadays, if you break a mercury thermometer, you have to evacuate. <laughs> yeah, you gotta call- you can't just wipe that up with a no, fucking you gotta magic call eraser. You gotta call somebody. You're not equipped for that. Same as if you accidentally break, break a fluorescent light. They have mercury in them, too. <laughs> and oh, fun. They have to- like, part of the expense of, of fluorescent lights is you have to get them specially handled as hazardous waste. <laughs> Hooray. 
the world, like, yeah, used to be more fun. They used to let you play with a lot more fun stuff, but it also used to kill you. Yeah, so, yeah. We used to give kids, kids lawn darts, and they would just throw them right up in the air. You can yeah. kill... You can kill somebody with a lawn dart. That is a that is a heavy dart with a spike on the end. <laughs> Man, we're such snowflakes. It's nothing but sodium and plastic darts for us. How are we supposed to pair off the weak if we can't even give them lawn darts? Right? All these weak-ass kids playing with copper 2 sulfate in chemistry class mm. instead of... Just and gasoline. How will they ever know anything about the real world if they're allowed to <laughs> survive with all of their limbs and brain cells? <laughs> this is kerosene, kids. Take a deep sniff. Knowing what we know now about the har- harmful effects that radioactive materials can have on the human body, reading advertisements for products created during the height of the radium euphoria can be genuinely unsettling. It's chilling. Radium was in tonics. It was in heating pads. It was in powders. It was in topical ointments and creams. It was in suppositories. Yeah, like, to be clear, tonics, they were drinking it. Yeah, they were were shoving it up their butts. Here is a health beverage. It glows, unassisted, in the dark. Uh, Put it in your body. I don't know why. Just drink it. They thought it would help literally everything. Oh, Yep, spas threw uranium ore in their swimming pools after scientists discovered that many hot springs, long lauded for their healing properties, contained trace amounts of radon gas. Not even chicken feed was exempt from the craze. Radium was a cure for pain, for blindness, for constipation, for asthma, for rheumatism, hysteria, and gout. It was the juice cleanse of its day. It was a panacea. Just like, like, your aunt or your yoga instructor or, like, your one friend you just insists that you just have to go on a cleanse. You just have to have a colonic. Like, and, like, thinks that it will cure everything from your depression to the fact that, like, you can't get a job. This is exactly how people thought about radium. It was the Activia yogurt of its day. Incidentally, don't get a colonic. It's bad for you. <laughs> oh, it's incredibly bad for you. Don't put things up your butt unless your doctor tells you to put them up your butt. Don't, just don't. Or unless it's body, body safe silicone. That's also fine. That's true. You can, oh, we're not going there. I'm not ready to have that conversation with you yet. <laughs> um, yeah, it was basically the activity, activity yogurt of its day. They thought it would make you regular. Like, everything. There's no body cavity that you should not irradiate in the quest for health. One peculiar invention was the radio endocrine. This isn't a re- even a real world word, so I don't feel bad about struggling with it. Radioendocrinator. Endocrine is not a good word that I want combined with radium. I know that. Which was a small, wallet-sized radium source intended to be worn across the abdomen, on the back by day and the stomach by night. What did that do? Make you infertile? As therapy for the glands of the endocrine oh, system. Oh no. Men were encouraged to wear the radio and an endocrinator in a matter similar to an athletic strap against the underside of the scrotum. Oh, so it made you infertile. That I was right. Yeah, like, time. that is a sort of roundabout way of getting to birth control, but uh, undeniably effective. Do you want two-headed green sperm? Mm-hmm. Step right up, sir. Just, <laughs> yeah, just rest your dick gently on this. Yeah, just just strap the- this right to your ball sack like an athletic strap. Oh, good. <laughs> this good. is the... The jockstrap of the future, ladies and gentlemen, is radioactive. <laughs> See, like, radio, radi, radiendocrinology, it just sounds like 
a fancy way of transitioning trans people by have them being bit by the radioactive gender of their choice. <laughs> it's like the Spider-Man origin story of transgender medical transition. Trans man, trans man. <laughs> I don't know how to go with the rest of that song, but it sounds fantastic. It sounds great, but actually, no, it's just... <laughs> that sounds like a fun comic book. But actually what it is, <laughs> is microwaving... <laughs> It is irradiating the boys. <laughs> if there are any fellow Columbia students uh, listening to this who are thinking about maybe going down to the Manhattan Project and looking for any more, you know, spare uranium, don't take that and immediately rest your scrotum on it <laughs> if you do find any. That's not... That's not I know the urge is hard to resist, but do not microwave your nutsack. <laughs> don't teabag radioactive materials. <laughs> Your future children will not have enough arms, or too many arms. Yeah, do not dangle the gents right over an uranium bomb. You're, you're actually not going to have offspring. That's a great way. If you don't like your last name, and you don't want it to continue... Yeah, if you just think you should I, be taken right out that. of the gene pool, there are less dangerous ways to do that. Just get a vasectomy. They give out it's more straightforward. <laughs> free condoms everywhere just bowls full of them i mean if you really want to permanently damage your beanbag this is one way to go about it but i do not suggest it i'm both amused and horrified that you know so many euphemisms <laughs> for balls right off the top of your head those are not objects that you handle on a regular basis i was i was with a group of friends uh at four o'clock in the morning as one does eating salami while we studied for uh finals Perfectly and, uh, normal social activity. Perfectly normal Great social bonding activity, for young recording people. This podcast. And uh, a friend of mine uh, who does not enjoy the male persuasion picked up a piece of salami and was like, This is the closest I'll ever come to knowing what balls taste like. <laughs> and I couldn't really argue with her. It was just sort of subpar salty, salty meat. Salami. Yeah, that was, I was like, Yeah, I pretty much mm. nailed it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, undeniably. It's like that time where you and I were at a, a milkshake shop and uh, a friend asked us for uh, sexual advice. And uh, When did you... this happen? Did I block? This is something I have blocked. This is about to be bad. Advice about a sexual thing. And then you immediately went and do blowjob advice? Oh, that's my only response. When people and... ask me for relationship advice, <laughs> my only response is this exaggerated frat boy cry of suck his dick. <laughs> And I can do that vocal fry forever. The more you ask me, the longer the word dick becomes. Suck his dick. Like it becomes power. almost subatomic. It is. It, it's until they stop asking, because I don't know what to fuck. And then I just friend. replied, watch your teeth, breathe through your nose, and the look you gave me. <laughs> it was good advice, but I didn't expect it from you. <laughs> It's like, if I need instructions on, like, how to perform a laparoscopy, like, I wouldn't come to you. Yeah, it's just, no. It's just something I don't expect. You wouldn't ask your plumber for information on how to install an air conditioner. Like, it's just yeah. good advice it's... from a strange person. Like like a milkshake, right? <laughs> oh, no. Just enthusiasm, keep your teeth off it. That's all I can tell you, ladies. I'm so anyway. glad my mother does not know how to subscribe to this. Nobody teach her. I came to an Ivy League school to get a solid education and to taste some undergrads. Hmm. Oh, no. 
I, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you made me say it. So. Do they come in different flavors? <laughs> <laughs> they assuredly do. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're like human Skittles. It's fantastic. Oh, taste the rainbow. Oh, you no. You think they taste different, but it's probably all the same flavor. Mm. It's just, it's all in your head like wine. I'm teaching you way too much. You need to go back to death by radium. Back to death by radium. Jeez. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you become a woman, uh, Jessica, on this podcast. Uh, not only was radium sold as a cure-all, a panacea, but it was a major ingredient in many consumer products, such as toothpaste, soap, candy, coffee, mineral water, bread, toys, nightlight, lipstick, and other cosmetics. It glows. People think things that glow are neat. Radium was a sure-sell product, to the point that the word itself was used as a marketing gimmick, much the way that modern companies use gold, platinum, and chrome today. Radium playing cards, radium lingerie, and radium brand creamery butter didn't really contain radium or any other radioactive isotopes, but they wrote a consumer frenzy for radium that didn't necessarily make that distinction. It's kind of like how we just label things gluten-free. Mmm. Even when, like, thanks, I didn't know I needed gluten-free nails. Like, It's like, cool, gluten-free cream, which is a literal product that I have seen. Like, it, I yeah. sure hope you're not putting wheat in this. <laughs> I bought bay leaves the other day that were gluten-free, and I was like, yeah. not only does it, is it, this is a leaf. This is a, this this is a leaf this, in a jar. This is a you leaf. Don't even, you don't eat this. No. You, you take this out. It's for flavoring. <laughs> And then you remove it. Yeah, is, is some poor white person just chowing They're down on sharp. bay leaves? Because it's gluten-free and they now assume that it's food? Mmm. Not food. You can food stop. Food adjacent, it's, but it's, not food. It's not food. Please don't eat those. Radium isn't exactly a common element. It makes up only a fraction of a gram per ton of uranium ore. So regulators were forced to step in and restrict companies that made false claims about their product containing radium. Radium was rare, difficult to acquire, which only added to its allure. But it also meant that the radium health fad was primarily accessible only to the rich. Kill the rich. It turns out that the path to economic equality is not revolution. It's no. not democracy. It's just letting the rich fucking poison themselves. Yeah, like raw water. <laughs> right? Just if they all shit themselves to death, <laughs> we just quietly take over. We just take the Rolexes off their still-warm bodies. <laughs> the meek and the grain-fed will inherit the earth. We just have to keep going until one day the rich convince themselves that cholera is the new in-thing. Right, if we hadn't stopped them from eating radium, we could have had economic equality yeah. by now. The Elon world Musk would have been a better exist. place. <laughs> we, we, could, we could have already been living in that utopian, that utopian future. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Bezos has a very limited lifespan if he's using radium chapstick. His longevity is at best questionable. We're going to be allowed to pee when we want any day now. <laughs> <laughs> nope, they figured it out and now they're going to live forever. Crap. <laughs> we just need to get this done before they start they start gaticaing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sweet spot for we need to poison them with nonsense. <laughs> poison them with nonsense before they genetically engineer themselves into being immortal. There's a young adult novel somewhere in there. <laughs> just start writing that. You'll be a you'll be published in no time. Excellent. The and then it'll be turned into a movie ten years later that completely misses the point. It'll be great. 
God damn it, I looked forward to being bitter. The idea that radium was some kind of magic mir miracle cure was so strong, one newspaper even compared its radiation to the golden, healthful rays of the sun. Which is accurate in the sense that if you spend it too much will... time underneath the sun's rays, it will also give you cancer and say, kill yeah, you. <laughs> it, it'll give you cancer. You shouldn't look directly at it. No. no. Absolutely not. <laughs> You'll get so many cancer. So many. <laughs> Probably the most notorious consumer goods containing radium were watches. Specifically, wristwatches, which were usually worn by women prior to the 20th century, but became a necessity for men due to the difficult and dangerous environment of trench warfare in World War One. It's hard to have a watch chain hanging off you in the trenches. Pocket watches, not really a thing. They snag, they get crunched, you lose them. But yes, apparently prior to this point, people thought that having the time readily available was effeminate. <laughs> <laughs> I like to take my time out of my waistcoat. <laughs> Why would you constantly need to know what time it is unless you're some kind of simpering lady? We are too busy wondering what hour it is. <laughs> Clicking a dainty little gold button on the top is manly. A further innovation was that of radioluminescent paint, used to make the numbers and hands on the watch dial glow in the dark, so a soldier could see and read the dial without attracting attention from, say, a sniper a mile away in the same muddy ditch. You're probably all familiar with modern phosphorescent glow-in-the-dark paint, which absorbs light energy and then slowly releases it over the next few hours. The explanation of how exactly this all works involves quite a bit more quantum physics than I'm really prepared to get into right now. Nerd, 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 but nerd, 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 rest nerd. assured, it's perfectly safe. I don't know why you get to call me nerd when I am not explaining the quantum physics. I get to do it anyway. Nerd, 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 nerd. It's my podcast too. I make the rules. Nerd, 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 nerd. But I am, I am intimately familiar with glow-in-the-dark paint because as a child... Uh, my siblings and I were obsessed with a very short-lived animated TV series of Buzz Lightyear, the animated oh, series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the glow-in-the-dark like stickers. One season. Oh, no, no, not the stickers. No. So my mom is an artist by trade, and when we became obsessed with this show, which was not, like, Toy Story, it was literally an animated adventure <clears> of Buzz Lightyear, of Star Command show. It's Buzz Lightyear in space with aliens. My mother decided it would be fun to paint lifelike figures on our <laughs> on my brother's walls, and so for my brother's entire childhood, uh, he had a seven-foot-high Zerg on his wall whose eyes glowed in the dark. So my brothers and I used to, like, have little fun sleepovers in my brother's uh, bunk beds. And we would just sort of all huddle on the bottom bunk and hold each other as this, like, seven-foot-high Zerg glared at us from the darkness. Just a monstrous alien hovering Takes over you in your sleep. When that paint is new, it takes hours to fade. Oh, yeah. Once you've charged it. See, I just had the lame... Well, I thought they were cool. The, uh, the, uh, store-bought ceiling stars. I had those. Yeah, I had a bunch of them. <laughs> I can't see... I can't see well enough for them to be anything, though. So it's just sort of like... <laughs> just odd dad... blobs of green in the night. Yeah, my dad went to all this painstaking trouble of making all these constellations and making sure my, my bedroom was space accurate. I had all the planets up there. I have a myopic 
vision. I have, I have a prescription of negative five. If you oh, yeah. wear glasses, like, that's quite a bit. Like if I put on your glasses, I'd be I'd be able to see a subatomic level. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, people always are like they put them on and they're like, "This hurts my brain." Like, yeah, because I can't see shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> that makes me see good. <laughs> so my father's elaborately planned constellations are sort of like, "Oh, my ceiling is slightly green." <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Fascinating. <laughs> you tried. I was like, if you wanted this to work, Dad, you should have given me better genes. <laughs> It is, in fact, perfectly safe to have phosphorescent glow-in-the-dark paint. Oh yeah, they're not killing. They're not selling fatal paint in the store right now. You can't just go to Home Depot and be like, "I will have a bucket of cancer." But at one point, you could. <laughs> radioluminescent paint is different. It's a mixture of radium salts and a radioluminescent phosphor, such as zinc sulfide. The decay of the radioactive isotope excites the zinc atoms, and bingo. That distinctive pale green glow. No need to expose it to light to gain a charge. It'll glow until the isotope completely decays, or more likely, the zinc sulfide wears out. Or until you decay. Or until Whatever you decay. First. <laughs> I mean, it will still glow after you're dead and gone. That's true. It's indifferent to your measly human life. Physics doesn't care about you, and it never has. Never will. Never will. Why don't you love me, physics? Why don't you call me back? But a lot of these watches, airplane instruments, compasses, etc. that were once coated with radioluminescent paint no longer glow because the zinc's degraded too much. But they are still very much radioactive. So if you're planning on buying an antique clock, uh, bring a Geiger counter, I guess. (laughs) If you find your great-grandmother's antique wristwatch in your attic, don't lick it. No, no, it might still be hot. (laughs) (laughs) There are still a few highly specialized devices that use radioluminescent paint, such as diving watches, self-illuminating exit signs, novelty keychains, and a variety of military applications. One of those things was less necessary than the other. Yeah, I found that a bit confusing, (laughs) but they did not explain. (laughs) It's for military applications, deep sea diving, or just for fun. Yeah, just just for giggles, <laughs> just just in case you're feeling like getting a little bit, little get a little bit fun with your keys. <laughs> you know, like you got a little picture of Garfield, you've got like one of those troll dolls, and then you've just got hazardous waste material. <laughs> I need glowing keys more than I need teeth. So, <laughs> notably though, they do not use radium, which has been banned internationally for these kinds of purposes. Although. I'm pretty sure if China thought they'd get away with it, they would. These days, tritium, a radioactive hydrogen isotope, is used instead, as it emits only low-level beta radiation and has a half-life of just 12 years. Oh, that's no fun. Obviously, it's not a good idea to wear a watch slathered in radioactive waste, but the end use is by no means the most dangerous part of all this. Remember, this is the 1920s. It's not robots who are painting these watches. It's people. Mm. Specifically, the employees of defense contractor United States Radium Corporation's factory in Orange, New Jersey, outside of Newark. Predominantly young, unmarried, working-class women. Some teenagers as young as 14 who took the job for the pay and the glamour of working with radium between uh, 1917 and 1926. Goddamn New Jersey. Damn it, New Jersey. Man, when I was 14, I worked in a fucking Zellers. So. <laughs> I worked in a library. 
part-time and jobs have changed. I was exposed to very little radium. <laughs> I was exposed to a great deal of public masturbation in my mm, time in the library. True. <laughs> very little radioactivity. It scarred me, but not physically. <laughs> <laughs> My bones are intact. My spirit is broken. <laughs> my jaw re retains its integrity. My soul never will. <laughs> <laughs> Workers at the factory were expected to paint 250 dials a day, five and a half days a week, at a rate of a penny and a half for every dial. $20 oh, in change for a week's work, which comes out to about $425 in modern terms. For comparison... To give you an idea of how much that is, a private first class in the U.S. Army made about $30 a month in World War One. Shit. So these gals are making good money. To paint the little numbers on watches. Yeah. And they were even listed in the local directory as artists, which was another big boon for girls from working class, often immigrant families. And look at on your resume. I painted tiny numbers until mm -hmm. I went cross-eyed. <laughs> the paint branded Undark by U.S. Radium Corp., was a mis mixture of water, gum arabic, and radium zinc powder, which really, the workers... So they call mm -hmm. it Undark? Yeah. It's, really? It's not great. It's like if you called food unhungry. Like, mm. what? what? It, it works in German. It doesn't particularly work in English. They thought they were clever. Mm. I, I'm pretty sure the, the men in the marketing department thought that that was just, that was just brilliant. Actually, I'm not sure they had marketing departments in this day and age. I think they just slapped a... <laughs> stuck a name on it. Stuck yeah. a name on it and called it good. Undark. Uh, undark. Makes your... Almost like, like light, but different. Makes the dark uh, un. And the workers mixed all these ingredients together at their stations. It was applied to the clock faces with, a f with fine camel hair brushes that quickly lost their point after only a few strokes rather than wipe the brushes on cloth and risk wasting time and valuable paint, workers were instructed to wet and repoint the brushes with their lips. Mm. Notably, management and scientists familiar with radium and its effects took far more precautions with their own safety while working in the same building, including masks, lead screening, and tongs. But they told the workers that it was safe. These are but mere women. What need have we to have for women to have teeth? <laughs> Chewing? The lips of women are for one thing and one thing only. Pointing brushes. What else are they going to use them for? They might as well fall off at the end of a workday. <laughs> if you're not pointing brushes, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, God. Like, like, obviously, like, we're, we're joking about this, but, like, there's a real degree to which... These women, these working class women, were considered expendable. This is dark stuff, guys. Hang in there. I know. It is. It's, it's dark. It is dark. <laughs> the paint sat open on their workstations, and by the end of the workday, the powder covered their clothes and hair. They walked home each night glowing like <laughs> ghosts. They'd sometimes wear their nice dresses to work, just for that reason, so they could head out to dance halls and speakeasies, literally radiant in their evening I mean, wear. Who said they didn't have perks at work? Yeah, as young women do, they'd occasionally have a bit of fun during their work breaks, chatting and painting their nails. Luminescent green. One worker even gave herself an eerie Cheshire cat grin by Yikes. painting her teeth. I mean, like, I liked glow-in-the-dark nail polish as yeah. a child, too, but the difference is, is that I am still alive. 
that's kind of the thing about it. Like, when you were 14 years old and the person you worked for said that this was perfectly fine. Yeah, you're not gonna say no. I would have completely, I would have completely accepted that. A scientist told me it was fine. Who am I to argue with science? My boss <laughs> told me it was fine. And this is a day and age where women are taught to be compliant. Ah, so it's a continuation of the modern day. Much like the modern day. But, uh, <laughs> more so. <laughs> like that, but more. <laughs> Women should be seen and used to point brushes, not heard. <laughs> Women should be seen and continuously encouraged to ingest radium. Mm, it's good for you. Puts hair on your chest. Yeah. It's a thing we're into <laughs> in this day and age. Don't ask questions. <laughs> we just like our women very, very hairy. <laughs> Beauty standards change. The past is another country. <laughs> the Orange, New Jersey factory was one of three radium dial factories in the U.S. The others in Ottawa, Illinois, and Waterbury, Connecticut. Does the U.S. have an Ottawa? Did they steal that from us? Yeah, I, I don't know who decided that Ottawa was the name first, but it's... Um, it's it's it is a native word. I think it is a, a particular tribe, actually. Um, so there's there's quite a few. There's at least two Ottawa's that that I know of. Yeah, I originally found that very disconcerting. They're like, I'm like, they're like Ottawa is a super fun site. It's you know it's currently radioactive. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> Our nation's capital what? is just a giant barbecue. Nobody told us. <laughs> Somebody warned Trudeau. Yeah, exciting in Ottawa. The radium business was good, and the future was bright. That is, until the workers started getting sick. One by one. Ooh. They became anemic, weak, constantly tired. Their teeth fell out, their gums bled, their mouths broke out in sores, and eventually tumors. Basically a biblical plague, but, you know, preventable and man-made. Like, this is, this is, like... Absolutely, if this had happened a thousand years before, you would have thought that you had angered a vengeful god. Cuts and scrapes just wouldn't heal. Their joints locked. Their bones became brittle and frail. One woman, Marguerite Carlo, got an extraction. And when the dentist pulled the tooth, a chunk of her jaw came with it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm probably never going to the dentist again. Um... <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I, I, I even regret the fact that I currently have teeth just because oh, of that. Oh my god. That, the effect that ingesting radium had on the bones of these young women eventually became known as radium jaw. Mm, that's good. When they name a new medical condition after you, you mm, nothing. That's not, not good. good. That's not good. When they name it after you or they name it after your doctor, no, not good. You don't want to be associated with the discovery of a new disease. Nothing good happens that results in you having a place in a medical dictionary. No. Nothing no. good. You don't want that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Especially if you don't have a doctorate. Yikes. Yeah, you don't want to be the patient. If you don't have a medical degree, mm -mm. If you're a doctor, <laughs> fine. This is, this is an exciting day for you. Yeah. If you are the patient. Yeah, like, if you're a doctor, this is the height of your career. This is what you've always dreamed about. If you're the patient, uh... Life will be short and painful. Good. <laughs> if you're lucky. On a molecular level, radium is highly similar to calcium. Radium has a much higher atomic number than calcium, but the atoms of the two behave alike in many ways and have a lot of shared <laughs> Joke's properties. On you. Your body doesn't you... know the periodic table. It's dumb. 
Yeah, your body is stupid. The enzymes in your body, they're stupider. If you look on a periodic table, you'll see that calcium and radium are grouped together in the same column as alkaline earth metals. Well, it turns out that the enzymes in charge of building bones aren't all that great at telling the difference between calcium and radium, and they'll often mistake the two, grabbing up radium atoms and using them instead. Storing those dangerous radioactive particles in the bones rather than letting them pass harmlessly from the body. The result is necrosis, the progressive damage and death of the cells that surround those radium atoms. The bone growing cancerous or simply rotting from the inside. Out. Yeah, we don't really know how to get radium out of your bones. We're pretty good at getting it in there. No. We can get it right in there. Oh, if you want us to. It's real easy to get it in uh, there. We just, like anybody can uh, do yeah, it. We can't get it out, is the problem. It's like sticking your head through a banister. Like, it's... Mm. Like, easier in than yeah, out. Yeah. What she said. Uh, at the point where, like, you already have radium-filled bones, you are You're fucked. You're gonna die. You're not just fucked. You are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's the guttural sound that makes you really know how serious this is. Yeah, this is bad. This is real bad. <laughs> this is real bad. Mm, this is not good. And the problem is, is that it's not a fast death. No. Like, a lot of types of poisoning, when you get, like... A lethal dosage of something, you're gonna be dead tomorrow. Yeah, you just you might even be you're dead just today. Die. You're just gonna, oh, 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 and no. you're gonna know pretty quickly that something's wrong. Oh no, Horatio, and, poison. That's that's it. Yeah, and like well, like with a lot of like ingested poisons, you're able to at the very least try to save yourself because you can go get your stomach pumped. You can vomit. You can you can vomit. You know pretty quickly that you're not feeling good before you've fully digested it. With this, it's insidious. You don't know you've ingested poison until years after the fact. By the time you feel sick, you are so far past the point of no return. You are a dead man walking. The problem is too, is that they know exactly what is wrong with you and they know exactly what's going to happen to you. And there is not a- And they can't do a yeah, damn thing about it. Yeah, there's not a damn thing it. anybody can do. You know, it's not even like there's option. It's just like, well, you're gonna suffer and then you're gonna die. What was your question? Like, yeah. And it's not, it's one of those things that, you know, even if they kind of, there's no way to catch it early because. No. You don't notice that your bones are made out of radium until you have no teeth. You don't feel it happening until it's already too late. Mm, cheerful shit. In December 1923, the U.S. Public Health Service issued a report recommending greater safety precautions when handling radium, based on a small study that found two cases of skin erosion and one case of anemia among technicians working with radium. Oh, no shit. <laughs> the owners of the radium dial factories most certainly knew of the report. The workers never did. It's kind of like how it took us forever to agree that cigarettes are bad. Mm, well, there's a powerful yeah. economic incentive to just kind of gloss that over. It, it could take a really long time. Yeah, it's amazing what can get suppressed by powerful people who have a strong financial incentive not to talk about it. Mm, good stuff. By 1924, nine young women were dead. The only connection between them, the time they spent at the radium dial factory painting watch faces for a penny and a half a pop. The manager of the company hired a team of Harvard scientists to study the strange deaths. But when the scientists returned a carefully couched report connecting the mysterious illness to the women's work at the factory, U.S. Radium Corp. suppressed the study, refusing to allow its publication. 
It's kind of like how the NFL keeps funding concussion research mm. and then quietly suppressing concussion research. Like, what did you think you were going to find? Your football players live to be, like, 42 on average. Like, what? Yeah, like, Why literally every brain they study shows signs. Like, even in, in, in football players who have never had notable concussions, they find micro-concussions and miniature repeated damage to the skull from concussive impacts. But like, to this day... To, to this day, day the they're NFL's still like, acting eh. like the science ain't in. <laughs> it's not conclusive, you guys. It, yeah. it could have been something else. They, they could all... Yeah, cigarettes manufacturers did the same thing. Like, big oil, to this day, doesn't like to talk about the fact that there is a strong consensus that the, what, uh, what, what, what their products do when introduced to a duck. Like, like they, don't, they don't like to talk about these things, but they do like to be seen to be being part of, the, part of the solution. I mean, we still let people live under power lines. We all know that that fucks you up. Mm, we but know that ain't like, good. Well, if you didn't want to live under a power line, maybe you shouldn't have been poor. <laughs> Sucks to suck. Have fun with your headaches and eventual tumors. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> was was the cartoon music too much? Sorry. Too much. Too, too much. That is the exit music for a human life, Jessica. <laughs> uh, and statistically, many of my relatives. Oh, uh, no. The deaths were disturbing enough, however, that they attracted the attention of outside observers, including medical examiner Harrison Martland who discovered that the women afflicted by this strange ailment were ex exhaling radon gas, a byproduct of radium decay. Oh, that can't possibly be good. No, like, like, I hear that, and, like, I don't know exactly what it means, but my immediate instinct is, oh, that is not good. <laughs> you should not exhale the shit they put in double-paned windows. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm like... Like that, that's the kind of that's the kind of bad that you don't really need an explanation for. But even so, I'm going to give you one. It's bad. Because I like to stare into the heart of darkness. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph Conrad. Mm. This was the first clue to the truth of what was happening to these women. The radium destroying their bones was making little radon molecules which was carried along the bloodstream to the lungs. So the workers released radon gas with every breath. Mm. While U.S. Radium Corp. was less than cooperative, Dr. Martland was able to consult the inventor of, of the radium paint, Dr. Sabin von Sohaki, who had been forced out of the company in 1921. Hmm. Dr. von Sohaki died in 1928, at 45 years old, of aplastic anemia. I was going to say, was it anemia? I bet it's anemia. The same disease that would kill Mary Curie six years later. Mm. Ooh, you would have won this as a Jeopardy question. Absolutely aplastic anemia. If you eat enough radium, your blood stops working. Whoops. In December 1925, Martland released his first report on the issue titled Some Unrecognized Dangers in the Use and Handling of Radioactive Substances. It's a pretty tepid title. I think I would have titled it Your Bones Are Dissolving. <laughs> Holy fuck, women are rotting from the inside out. <laughs> and then just like a long scream. <laughs> just several A's and then like cutting off suddenly in an unsettling manner. This is nightmare shit. It takes some forbearance 
to be that calm. <laughs> right? I kind of feel uneasy about every time I've been near a glow stick. And those are... Yeah. We let children have like, Those are fine. Those, those are just perfectly fine. It just feels like they're filled, filled with glowing chemicals. And my hindbrain is concerned. Maybe, maybe you don't drink them, but like... Mm, mm, do not chug. Do not. That is not a fun party favor. No. Do some jello shots with vodka like everybody else. The sa that same year of 1925, five of the workers, led by Grace Fryer, decided to take on United States Radium Corp in court. Many of the workers had settled or were too afraid to fight the company, which was a big, powerful defense contractor. It took Grace Fryer two years to find lo lawyers willing to take the case. See, the problem about fucking people over is that you might have to go uh, up against, in court, up against um, people who are literally dying and have nothing to lose. Yeah, here's the thing. When you have five 20-something-year-old women who know that they are dying and know that it is your fault, they will absolutely spend their dying breath fucking you out of spite. They have <laughs> nothing better to do. Just they have nothing better to do. Absolutely not. Bones to turn into soup. Like, that's... <laughs> they are waiting to dissolve. They've got a lot of time to think about ways to, to just... End your shit. Get back at, at Just wreck your shit. <laughs> Some people, you can fuck them over and they still want to keep their job. These women can't work. <laughs> They've got a lot of time on their hands. And at the same time, very little. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Too soon? I don't know. Um, I, I, it has been a long time, but it also was horrifying. Fryer, who worked in a bank after leaving the factory, wore a metal brace to support her spine. Edna Hussman was so weak she could barely shuffle across her room. Albina Larice and Quinta McDonald, a pair of Italian-American sisters, were respectively bedridden with one leg four inches shorter than the other and afflicted with a set of fractured hips. Holy shit. They had had a third sister, Amelia Molly Magia, who died in 1923. These are like collision with a semi-truck injuries. You would expect somebody who was experiencing this kind of trauma to have, I don't know, skied down Mount Everest. <laughs> to have, like, had a three-ring, like, a three-round knockout with a grizzly bear. Yeah, for a 26-year-old to shatter both hips, that's, like, pretty devastating. You would not expect this to come be an injury related to having eaten some paint. Uh, the final woman, Catherine Schaub, sensing that death was near, wanted the money from the lawsuit to pay for her funeral. Oh, God. The press dubbed them the Radium Girls. Because we always called them girls back then, because we were condescending misogynist fucks. Is this, is this the feminist quibble we're taking in this case? The fact that they're referred to as Radium Girls, not Radium Women? Instead of the fact that we intentionally fed women paint? I mean, that was a problem, but I'm under the impression that the average person would have called them girls, and the average person would not have fed them radium paint. <laughs> Hashtag feminism, I guess. <laughs> All right. I try to I try to critique societies based on the norm rather than the exception. U.S. radium fought them every step of the way, dragging out the lawsuit for the next year. Because they literally knew that they were dying. 
This is like the most. Literally. This is textbook evil courtroom tactic. Yeah, like this is the most heinous strategy you can possibly do. Poisoning your employees. Then, then in 1928, arguing that the statute of limitations for damages in New Jersey, two years, had long passed. As the women and the women had left employment of the companies year, years before they submitted their claim in 1925, so they should have come forward when they were working for the Dial Factory, if at all. They knew though that they didn't even have to have a solid argument. It was it no, was just something. They knew they just had to file that every court delay they, they could just possibly file. Just had to wait until they died. Just delay it. Just delay it. Delay it. Delay it. Delay it. They didn't care. They could have gone yeah. and said, uh, "They're making it up. They're fine." Like. They yeah. just needed to they, drink they more didn't milk. have to have a good they didn't have a good argument. All they were trying to do was just wait until these women melted. It's a stall, yeah, it's a stall tactic. There is a not only a special place in hell. I'm pretty sure Satan gives you your own parking spot for this. Yeah, you're you're literally you dissolved your employee. Yeah. Like they're fucking ice cubes. Like <laughs> you melted your workers. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> like, there's no words for how not okay this is. They're just wheeling them into court in fucking trolleys, like... Oh, yeah, like, oh. these women were too weak to raise their hands to take the oath. They still showed up to court, though. That was their whole They tactic. did. They were like, we know <laughs> that this is bad. Like, we don't look good. Yeah. But we I will show up in my hospital bed. I will wear my brace and I will make you look at my half rotted off face. Yeah, they were the whole they totally You knew. fucks. They just wanted them to have to look at what they had done. Look at the soup that is my face and try to argue that you did not do this. Just just like a Custer's last stand <laughs> in horrifying yeah. legal setting. The women and their lawyers, however, had a, had a powerful counterargument and the evidence to back it up that radium poisoning, unlike arsenic or mercury, was insidious and ongoing. They had not been poisoned. They were being poisoned, even now, by the radium breaking down in their bones, testified by the radon gas on their breath. As further proof, the body of Molly Magia, sister of Albina Larice and Quinta McDonald was exhumed and her bones tested for radiation by Dr. Alexander Gettler of the New York City Medical Examiner's Office by request of Dr. Martland. The bones, after five years in the ground, still crackled with radiation. When a package of film exposed to the bones was then developed, it showed a constellation of pale spots, where a package of film placed next to normal, healthy bones, showed nothing. You could power New York City with these women's remains today. Absolutely. Their graves? Their graves. Somebody took a Geiger counter to them. They're still hot. <laughs> yeah, you still, you shouldn't go kneel on their grave. If you're gonna lay flowers, yeah. you gotta be quick about it. Their corpses are still radioactive. Mm. And it's not as fun as Imagine Dragons makes it out to sound. No, no, you don't want to be radioactive. It's not, it has less to do with whatever the fuck Imagine Dragons are singing about. And it They were talking about Spider-Man. Oh, that's... Yeah, they were, uh, that song was originally intended for uh, that uh, horrific, accident-prone uh, Spider-Man in the Dark uh, musical. Oh, yeah. I was... Yeah, you can still kind of hear it in the lyrics. 
I always love it when like pop songs are about weird other pop culture. It's like how everything that all this Yeah, they just they just it it wasn't used for them, they just they just repackaged it and sold it on their own. Oh yeah, it's like was it uh was it Led Zeppelin that were obsessed with Lord of the Rings? Yeah. I don't even know. It was. It was it was Led Zeppelin. All their songs are about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. It's very it's very strange. It's very funny how that happens. Uh, but tragic in reality. Don't be radioactive. It's not good. Don't be radioactive. No. No. It's it's I mean, it's a it's a it's a real it's a real bop, but uh don't it's not everything it cr- it's cracked up to be. In reality, it's more like that uh, great big sea song about working in a chemical factory and how oh, every day God. you work there is two days closer to the day you die. Oh, yes. Yes. There's... Yeah, uh, my my father is from a mill town in New Brunswick, and just everyone has cancer. All uh, My dad is the everyone. only... Everyone. Oh, everyone. Of my father's childhood friends, my dad is the only one still alive. And my dad is, like, 56. 58. My dad yeah. is 58. Like, They're my father... <laughs> everyone, everyone where I'm from works in the oil field. And uh, of my father's generation... Like, he has a lot of dead friends, and he's 60. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's um, uh, just all this chemical work that they make the working class yeah. do. It's not good. Yeah, like, none of my father's father's siblings survived until their 70s. Yikes. None of them. And we're French Catholic. That's a lot of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many, many siblings. <laughs> That's the reason why the working class have so many children, and incidentally, it's because maybe one of them will make it through to reproduce. You're expendable, kids. Gather around. Mm. Eat your lettios. U.S. Radium's motion was dismissed, and a trial was set for June the 8th, 1928. The company settled the next day. Oh yeah, they knew they were fucked. They knew that their case was flimsy in the extreme. They knew that they had no legal grounds, that any discovery would fuck them. Because that's the problem with the fact that they had all this information and that they clearly suppressed all this data. It gave perfect mens rea, clear guilty mind. Right, they were like, well, that didn't work, Uh, nothing will. If they don't accept Mm. the... uh... If we can't just wait them out until they die, we're fucked. Oh, yeah. Nope. Never mind. $10,000 was awarded to each woman. In, in 1928 money. In, less, in 1928 money. That has not been adjusted. They were originally asking for damage of half of, of, of a quarter of a million each, but they got $10,000. Uh, alongside $400 for every year they lived and full coverage of their medical costs. That and protective equipment for dial painters, and an end to the practice of workers licking brushes contaminated with Wait, radioactive People paint. are still licking brushes through this trial? Through the entire trial. You've got women coming out in fucking buckets into the courtroom, yeah. and you've got- they're still licking brushes? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, like, they- like- they smeared these women. They slandered these women. And they tried to pretend this was entirely specious. Oh my god, they're like... She's these a... women are half soup. Yeah, she's... They're chowder. Propping herself up on fucking... She's, just... she's more braced than woman. Like, what? Yeah. Oh my like, god. Like, here's, here's the thing. Orange, like the Orange New Jersey factory closed due to the lawsuit in 1926. But the other two... 
like the other several, in fact, by this point, in Connecticut and Illinois weren't close enough that these women knew any of the women involved. They didn't know the full details, and they continued being exposed. Oh, God. So they're just like, all right, we've opened ourselves up to a lot of liability by just destroying women. Should we stop? No, no, we're not going to stop. No, that's fine. No. Just, just keep it going. That's like fine. these are also like these are owners. Like these, these other factories are owned by different corporations. So they are like trying to softly encourage their their employees to stop licking the brushes, but uh, they're not admitting to them what is wrong. So the women don't understand just how dangerous it is just yet. Yeah, you still gotta paint two hundred and fifty in a day. Maybe don't lick the brushes, but it's up to you. We can't stop you. But do meet yeah, the deadline. That's exactly the problem. They softly encouraged the women in Connecticut and Illinois to stop wetting the brushes with their lips, but didn't tell them why. So the women would try to meet their quota, but it would be clunky. It would take a long time. So they would just switch back because otherwise they wouldn't get paid. Yeah, it's kind of like how Amazon factories, let's get sued, uh... Have the, let's do let's it fuck uh, you bezos amazon factories have the same thing where they're like all right always you know lift properly always do all safety things but also work as fast as humanly possible and if you are not we will be constantly watching you and punishing you for so it so people get hurt there mm-hmm. all the time like this is also a big working class problem where you have these well-meaning regulations but on the ground People know that if they don't pick up the call, like to be asked to go out and drive, uh, next time they're not getting called. It doesn't matter how tired they are. They know that if they don't take the shift, even though it's their kid's birthday, they're not going to be asked next time. They're going to be punished for it. They're not going to get a raise. So they they accept it. Yeah, there's safety regulations, but we will absolutely reward you for completely ignoring them. It's 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 one of those don't ask, don't tell things. Yeah, sure. Except it's, uh, instead of being gay, it's, uh, maybe you should lick radium. I won't tell if you won't. Hush, hush, wink, wink, tap on the nose. We're not going to pay too much attention to whether or not you're actually following these regulations. We're just going to say that we encourage it. Just paint the dials. Shh, paint the dials. At this point, as many as 4,000 workers had been exposed to potentially debilitating, potentially deadly radiation. But accused cases of radium poisoning among factory workers stopped. Following the example of the radium girls, many other dial painters sued and won. U.S. radium appealed several times, but the Supreme Court decided against them in 1929 and put an end to that. The case set an important precedent, that individual workers could sue their employers to address labor abuse. It likewise led to better regulation regulation of radium, an end to misleading packaging on radium-related products, and improved industrial safety standards. God, and we just forget that that happened because they're women. We just can't give women any credit where credit is due. No. (laughs) Like, Grace Fryer and the other women fought. They fought. Your employer can no longer order you to go jump in a meat grinder and find out why it stopped. And uh, we just don't give women credit for that. No. No. Like, even in a lot of the articles I read on this subject, a lot of them, like, barely mention the women's agency in this and, like, give a lot of the credit to Dr. Martland. And, like, yeah, sure, he deserves a lot of credit. 
But it's weird that we don't talk about how terrifying it is for five dying working-class women to fight a defense contractor and how much it changed people's lives that they did. We completely take it for granted that if your employer does something to you that hurts and or kills you, that you can sue the fucking pants off them. But that yeah, was unthinkable like, in this day and age. Like, if at my translation job I somehow got poisoned or murdered or what have you through the negligence of my employer, uh, they'd be in trouble. It's a given. <laughs> it's a given that that's the case. Oh yeah, workplaces today are just hypersensitive to the knowledge that they can be sued. Yeah, if at any point they are caught not checking, like, crossing their T's and dotting their I's, they can be sued out of existence. They know that they need to give a defensible appearance of safety. At the very least, regardless of whether they care about their employees or not, they gotta look like they fucking care. <laughs> Right, like, even Zellers wouldn't let me drive the forklift until I was 16. No. <laughs> Heaven forbid. And I find it horrifying that even at 16, you're allowed to do right? that. Like, but say la vie. A hundred years ago, they'd be like, well, Janelle, you're eight now. Time to get under the spinning loom. Mm. <laughs> Hope you don't get an arm ripped off. That would be tragic. Mm. Don't wear too many long sleeves. Ah, fuck it. She's already been pulled into the cotton gin. God damn it. Get me another eight-year-old. There's everywhere. <laughs> just in the street. Mm -hmm. Just go grab one. It also exposed the health risks of radium to the broader public, though that was perhaps inevitable. Eben Byers, a wealthy, socialist, a wealthy socialite and industrialist, was a Yale man known as an athlete and ladies' man. He chaired the Girard Iron Company won the 1906 Amateur in Golf, and was perhaps the best-known consumer of Radithor, a radium-based patent medicine. Oh. Byers started taking Radithor after a 1927 injury on the advice of a doctor. So he became Chunky Stew. Yeah, that tonic was just the ticket right until the lower half of Byers' face fell off. Yikes. And he got all the cancer. Yeah, and, like, when we say that your jaw falls off, uh, radium jaw describes what happens before that happens. When your jaw mm. is breaking down, your body's response is basically to inflame it as much as possible. Mm. It wants to alert you that there's a problem. So people with radium yeah. jaw have these giant, jutting protuberances sticking off their jaws. Like, it doesn't yeah, just quietly just drop off one day. Swollen half of their face, they usually have to get it amputated. Yeah, it's just this necrotic mass of swollen tissue. And it's very hard to treat necrosis of the bone because, like, there's not a lot of flesh there to give some antibiotics. And it's continuing to poison you. It's still in there. Yeah. It's still there. They're not dealing with the aftermath. They're not reconstructing you because you're still melting. Yeah. Byers drank nearly 1,400 bottles of Radithor before halting the regime in 1930. Far too late. He died in 1932 at 51 years old. He was buried in his native Pittsburgh in a coffin lined with lead. Yikes. Ha <sighs> ha. Radithor was created by William J.A. Bailey, a Harvard dropout who claimed to be a doctor and got rich on quack radiation treatments. 
Bailey offered doctors a 17% rebate on prescriptions of Radithor, essentially kickbacks for push- pushing his product over other treatments. Bailey continued selling crank radiation therapies even after being sanctioned by the Federal Trade Commission and was never held legally liable for Bayer's death. Nonetheless, the tragic demise of a prominent member of the American elite was another blow to the popularity of radium and the ability of shysters like Bailey to pass off poison as medicine to an unsuspecting public. And if it makes you feel any better, he was also the inventor of the radio of the radio radiendrocanator. It's a fake word, and it should feel bad. Yeah, and uh, he was a he was a real fan of it. And uh, used it constantly. Oh, good. And later died of bladder cancer. Yeah, like, <laughs> when, you know, we're just like, Gwyneth Paltrow and David Avocado Wolf die of cancer like the rest of us mortals. Like, that's what it's going to take to finally get rid of homeopathy and bleach enemas. Mm. And stick in jade where you should not stick jade. Yeah. It's, it's when it comes to the day when David Kale... Fox or whatever. It's avocado wolf. That's a thing that an adult man named himself. He put he 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 called him he calls himself that on purpose, he and he thinks it's cool. It's intentional, <laughs> and he thinks that you think it's cool, and he that's does. why he does it. When he eventually chokes on the giant pit of an avocado, uh, that is what it's going to take to finally snap people out of the fact that you can't actually escape death with blueberries. Yeah, it's it's gonna take. We know this now, but it's gonna take decades before the general population comes around to this idea. But what happened to the five radium girls, the little women who fought the man and made him pay? Well, they carried on as best they could with a lot of suffering and a lot of pain. Quinta McDonald died in 1929 at 34 years old. Catherine Schaub died in 1933 at 30. Grace Fryer died the same year at 34. Edna Hussman died in 1939 at 37. Albina Larice, the last of the Radium Girls, died in 1946 at the age of 51. Oh my god, she made it a long time. They left behind parents, husbands, children, and a dearly bought legacy of improved conditions for workers and safety for consumers. To this day, you owe them. Not everyone who worked in the dial factories died at a young age. Some may even still be alive. One, a woman named May Keene, who was hired in 1924 at the factory in Waterbury, Connecticut, died in 2014 at the age of 107. Wow. How did she survive? She didn't like putting the brush in her mouth because she didn't care for the gritty texture of the paint. She quit after only a few days of working at the plant. And it saved her life. In later years, she suffered migraines, lost all her teeth, and battled cancer twice. From a couple days. That's how From a couple days. toxic this stuff is. It's hard to say what was a direct result of her time as a dial painter, but it's strongly indicative of radium sickness. Jesus. I mean, it has a half-life that is much longer than you. Oh, God. And, like, the only thing that I hope is that none of these alternative health 
quacks, nobody who's peddling any of this bleach enema nonsense decides to pick up radium again. I'm just hoping. Oh my gosh, right? None, if any of these lunatics decide that the, the federal government is hiding the healing properties of delicious radium, uh, I will riot. I will set this country yeah. on fire. These women did Chil not die for this. Chelation is bad enough. It is bad enough. These women. Like, that there are. Yeah. People, like, giving chemical suppository to autistic people. These, that is bad enough. <laughs> these women did not die so that white suburban mothers could stick radium in their buttholes between their yoga and Pilates. That is not what they died for. Yeah. Grace Fryer died so that you wouldn't dissolve your own hips. <laughs> yeah. Listen to her. She seems like a smart lady. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it, 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 there's a bit of nausea. There's a bit of nausea. Oh my god. I guess we have to update this podcast motto now from don't eat lead mm. to don't, don't eat lead and don't put radium in your mouth or on your body or just anywhere. Don't, don't ingest radium. Don't radium. Do not radium. No. No. That will kill you way faster than the lead. Still don't eat lead, though. Still don't it's eat still that. Important. It's better, but it's still bad. Yeah. <laughs> it is not an acceptable substitute. And hey, if you leave uranium long enough, it will become lead. Mmm. It's all a circle. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be alive to feel that one happen. That's, mm. that's... It's going to be a while. <laughs> but that's not the end of this story. While the factory in Orange, New Jersey was forced to close due to the Radium Girls lawsuit in uh, 1927, I actually had it wrong by a year earlier, but because uh, I wasn't looking at that part of my notes, the factory building and the surrounding site where tons and tons of uranium ore had been processed was still thoroughly contaminated with radium, not to mention radioactive tailings that had been taken from the plant and improperly disposed of all throughout the local area. Oh, good. It was not until the development of the Superfund program and the Comprehensive, Energy, uh, the Comprehensive Environmental Re Response Compensation and Liability Act of 1980 that the Environmental Protection Agency had the power and the authority to address hazardous waste sites from American, American industry's early experimentation with radioactivity, like the radium dial plant. The former premises of the factory were designated a Superfund site in 1983, and the EPA completed removal of radioactive materials there and, and, and at around 250 other contaminated residential and commercial properties associated with the defunct plant in 2009. Oh, Oh, that's not, that's, that's a year. That is upsettingly I recent. I didn't want that to be the year. Nope. Yeah. Former clock factories throughout Connecticut were found to have radiation below the EPA's threshold for the Superfund Toxic Cleanup Program. But the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection received funding to address cleanup in 2001. The Radium Dial Corporation factory in Ottawa, Illinois, went out of business in the mid-1930s, but the owner just started a new company under a different name, Luminous Processes, which continued making radium dials in a factory only a little ways away, a bit with better, ra ra with better labor practices, right up until 1978. Okay. The factory was converted into a meat packing plant. Oh, no. Then a farmer's co-op before finally it was finally demolished in 1968. Oh, good. Good, good, good. And the radioactive—you don't even know how bad it's going to get. Oh, no. The radioactive rubble was used to fill in low-lying areas around the town. Oh, so they all just live on a hot yeah. plate. 
The new factory, after it finally closed, was used as a meat locker. Oh, dear God. 16 different locations in and around Ottawa are current Superfund sites, and the radium contamination there is a potential health hazard to this day. So they just took as many of these old sites as they could and just filled them with food. Yeah, they just filled them with food that they then ate. Mm. Even after knowing how many women died. It's like it comes pre-cooked. Literally, in these towns to this day, just walk down the street and hold your burrito next to the ground and it will cook. (laughs) Mm, Good. So am I getting, like, gently barbecued every time I fly in and out of the Newark airport? Um, no. Newark is, according to the EPA, fully under control. I don't know how much I trust them, but generally speaking, as long as you don't hang around in Orange, New Jersey, you should be fine. Don't enthusiastically hump the ground of New Jersey. You do not. Do not. It's probably good advice anyway. Like, don't enthusiastically hump the ground anywhere, but particularly not Newark, New Jersey. I can manage that. Yeah. And that's the radium girls. Oh, good. So we all live in a giant microwave because people thought radium was shiny and they wanted to lick it and wear it and eat it. Yeah, this is very much a cautionary tale of getting too excited about a new discovery before scientists fully know what it does yet. But it's also a cautionary tale about radiation and the fact that some fuck-ups will last so far beyond our lifetime, it's not even fucking funny. And also corporate greed. This has been a real... Just a a heartwarming tale. Well, this is actually more depressing than any of our serial killer episodes, so... Fun stuff, right? I think this is the one with the highest death count. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, we're monsters and you're monsters for listening. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you didn't do. I don't know that enjoy is the word, but I hope you are still here and that you are... I hope you appreciated it. Please send help. We need it dearly. <laughs> In any case, I have been Jessica. And I am still Janelle, and I am free from the tyranny of Columbia University for the summer. And we are fat, French, French and, and fabulous. fabulous. Who? Don't eat lead. Or radium. Neither. They have taken untold millions that they never toiled to earn. But without our brain and muscle, not a single wheel can turn. We can break their haughty power, gain our freedom when we learn that the Union makes us strong. In our hands is placed a power greater than their hoarded gold, greater than the might of armies magnified a thousandfold. We can bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old, for the Union makes us strong.